0: Pamela, I'm excited today to see what's going on. Yes, it is
1: a very intense case. This is one of my bigger cases and harder cases emotionally to deal with. This is murder on ice. Okay. My client was charged with capital murder. He and the woman that he knew... And I will go into all of the details of this. This is a really intense case. It was big time in the news here. Sure. Tragic. But anytime there's a murder, it's
0: tragic. But a murder of a child is oh beyond tragic. Oh, okay. So capital murder means death penalties on the table? Yep, exactly. And then is that because it was a child? Is that why it was? Or
1: I will get into all that, yeah. So okay. this was actually in 2007. I heard about it. Everyone heard about it on the news. At a restaurant, my client and this young woman, he was one of the managers at this restaurant. It's in the summertime. And summertime, to me, is the best time of year. My favorite time of year. There's tons of stuff to do in the summer. It's easy for me to be happy in the summer. huh. And so anytime murder and stuff happens in the summertime, I'm always shocked. I probably shouldn't be. But to me, I'm like, wow, how... How can things be so bad that you guys are hurting each
0: other? It's sunny. Yeah. (laughs) Like the sun is sunny. And there's so much you can go do. Go for a walk. Exactly. Yeah. Go in the mountains. We have fabulous mountains here. Go for a hike.
1: Exactly. So this case, biggest story in the news. The biggest. What I learned from the news is that this nine-year-old boy was abused by, they say he was abused by my client and this woman who was his sister. Okay. And she was she was 19 years old at the restaurant in the morning. They brought him there with them to the restaurant to work. And he was put in a 55-gallon drum. How old was the boy? Nine years old. Okay. To discipline him. So the news reports that... And there's always a difference in the news and reality. Sure. Initially, all I hear is what the news has. And they get their stuff from charging documents. And charging documents come from police reports and... Right. And that typically is all one-sided. But the fact of the matter is this boy was killed. Okay. He was put in a 55-gallon drum of ice water and left in the ice water as a form of discipline, which I learned later is one of the forms of discipline in Mexican culture, in Latin culture sometimes. I had never heard of it in my life. Putting in
0: ice water is the discipline for a Latin culture? Okay, so when he was put in a drum, was there a lid on him? No. Okay. No. But it was pretty full
1: of water, and he's nine okay. years old, so you wouldn't have to have it even all the way to the top. No. But you're at a restaurant, so you have access to a lot of ice at a restaurant. Oh. The boy gets killed, and these two are put in jail, pending capital murder charges for both of them. Okay, so they were charging her with murder, and they were charging Pedro with capital murder. Okay. She's the sister to the victim. Pedro was not related to the victim. Okay. Okay. And and he was not the boyfriend nope, to the girl. He's not the boyfriend. Just an associate.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: And you'll you'll get the picture of this as we go along. Okay. Pedro is facing capital murder. Rebecca was facing murder. I get a call from Jack because okay. Jack is the man. I get word Jack needs help on this case. Needs me to go to jail and put this stuff together. Okay. I go meet with Pedro. Pedro is here illegally both of them are here illegally actually
0: okay and
1: he doesn't speak much english at all he actually spoke a little bit we would kind of go back and forth speaking english and spanish do you speak spanish i do yeah oh okay and here's the sad part for me i learned most of my spanish in college at byu and then when you take when you take classes at byu you have like religious words and stuff And part of that, those words are not, they don't have anything to do with murder or rape. So I have
0: to learn all these new words. Yeah. Yeah. I would think church murder, church murder. Yeah. May not tie too close together.
1: Yeah. not. (laughs) So I go meet with Pedro and I'm really fascinated to see what this guy looks like that, because truly He's probably at that moment the most hated man in the state of Utah. Oh, I bet. Yeah. I go meet mm-hmm. him and he's this very soft spoken, quiet, little Mexican guy. Like okay. he's probably about my size. Okay. Maybe even a little bit shorter than I am. And I'm five five. I'm not okay. like real tall. Right. He was very soft spoken, spoke some English, but he was Way more comfortable in Spanish. So most of my interviews with him and my conversations with him were in Spanish. And what I learned about Pedro was he was married. He had a beautiful wife. Okay, I really, really liked his wife. What a nice, pretty lady. And they had a three-year-old little girl. Okay. He also had some family here. And she had some family here, but most of their families are in Mexico still. But he had worked his way up in this restaurant working that he had become one of the managers in the restaurant. And so as his job, he actually worked over. He was the manager, kind of the boss to Rebecca, okay. who is the sister of the victim. Okay. And as I get into this and start learning more, and this case went on for quite some time he was in jail for two years oh wow and yeah that's quite a ways to to go through stuff and as I start into it I was just shocked that this guy that seemed so timid right was abusive to a child like that just it didn't the guy that I was meeting it was so out of character like okay what it was so inconsistent and and his energy like it just didn't fit but I don't know the truth until I start digging into no, things. No, you wouldn't. Yeah, to be able to afford Jack, all of their families—Pedro's family, his wife's family—and like they, everyone, like pulled all of their money, all of their funds, not just from family here in the U.S., but from family in Mexico. Everyone was sending money, sending money oh, to pay I bet. higher Jack. I bet. I bet. I bet. I mean, Jack's fee for anyone is very expensive, but if you are. Uh-huh. Illegal, and you're lucky to be working as a prep cook manager at a restaurant.
0: Yeah. yeah,
1: you'll be totally excited to make twelve to fifteen bucks an hour. Right. And Jack's fee on a murder case is a hundred thousand dollars.
0: Oh, it is a big. You box. might as well give him your firstborn child. I mean, seriously, it, exactly heavy,
1: heavy it, money. Okay, that's heavy money for anyone. Yeah, and really heavy money for someone. Sure. It, it was a lot. And I was amazed they had been able to pull enough funds together to hire Jack. He initially only, he told him he needed a $50,000 retainer and he would need the other 50000 when we got ready for trials, we got close to trial.
0: Okay. So,
1: okay. and to get ready for trial takes a couple of years. So they had a couple of years to gather the other $50,000. Okay. So the victim's name, the po- little boy's name is Josue. Okay. Not Jose, Josue. It was a new name Josue. to me. I'd never heard that name. Okay. Yeah. And, oh, man, this case was so haunting to me. Josue was, his mother had actually worked in the restaurant for Pedro. Oh,
0: okay. And she
1: was one of the employees that worked underneath Pedro. And they would do prep work. So they would, like, cut vegetables, lots of vegetables as part of their prep work. So they would be working with knives all the time next to each other and cutting. You sure. know how, like, you're working next yeah. to someone. Sure. And- you're, you get just start talking and you get to know them, and they're both from Mexico, different parts of Mexico. Okay. But they're both Mexican, and so they had a lot in common, and they started talking and getting to know each other. And Gloria, the mother of the victim, okay, would tell Pedro all these stories about her life. Women do that. We all do sure. that. We uh, women yeah. we tend women. to talk a
0: lot. and share, share all about our Say hearts. it isn't yes. so. Say it yeah. isn't so. What? <laughs> <laughs> Talk? Who talks? Yes,
1: exactly. She had been, when she came over from Mexico, she came to California. And this is the story she tells Pedro. Now, I'm not positive what part is true and what isn't true. Because what I know about Gloria is, I don't think she's truthful about a lot of stuff. I'm going to tell you what her story is, and then I'll tell you what I learned. that As we go along, I'll tell you like what fits, what made sense to me, what... What seemed consistent with her story. Okay. So her story was this. Okay. She's living in California and Pedro did not know her then Pedro, This was, this stuff happened in Utah. So she was living in California and she sure. was working. She was cleaning houses in, in Southern California for a very wealthy couple. Okay. Who was not able to have children. And she had a friend that had gotten pregnant and did not want to keep the baby. Her friend said I'm going to get an abortion, I don't want this child and Gloria tells Pedro and Pedro's wife incidentally, she told them both this. she tells them that she talked to this young woman into keeping the baby and actually putting the baby up for adoption to this couple, basically in my opinion, kind of selling kind of oh yeah kind of selling so, yeah. and I'm not saying yeah. I really think they're I mean, it could be. Anyway, that's a whole di- different episode to go into all that stuff.
0: But, yes, it's a whole different. Yeah, but, but if you want a baby so bad, yep. and someone does not want I, it, and and I, you know, I would have done it. I would. Have I didn't done it. need that. I would have, I had four kids exactly. in five years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You, did, you did not need help. <laughs> Mine were popping out like you know. <laughs> no, I did not need help. I retired. Yeah. I retired at twenty six. Right. Hello. Right. <laughs> Yeah, but some people are not so lucky. Done. Yeah. Right. And exactly. So I you know, that hunger, wanting
1: that baby. Big hunger. And it's so emotional. So this couple was so excited to have an opportunity to have a baby. Mm -hmm. So they start paying this woman to for her expenses and for her medical stuff, all these things. And during the process, and it goes on for a few months for I don't know how at what point that this kind the deal kind of fell apart, but at some point the couple realizes that their identity has been stolen, and that Gloria. Oh no! Yeah, and Gloria and this woman, the pregnant woman, have taken advantage of these people, taken their ID, got credit cards, and been running credit cards up and all this crazy stuff. Oh, that is so so wrong. They got scammed. They got scammed that, on so many levels. And I tend to believe that this this at least. Parts of this story are true, because I don't think it makes Gloria look very good. Usually Mm -hmm. when people make stories up, they make themselves look better. And so I kind of think there must be some truth to this.
0: Wait a minute. If this story that Gloria is telling Mm -hmm. is told to make her look better, then that was one hell of a story in real life. Because that's crazy what happened. I can't imagine how, how awful it was in real life then. I agree. So now the woman is
1: past the legal abortion time. And now she's furious at Gloria because Gloria had convinced her, this is going to be a great thing. We're going to both going to make a lot of money on this. And now they've screwed up the deal and they they don't have a deal. And now this woman's going to have a baby that she doesn't want. And it's too late to get an abortion. From what Gloria tells Pedro and his wife, the woman, after she has the baby, drops the baby off at Gloria's and says, it's yours. You made me keep it. You haven't got to raise. This is not Josue. Yes, it is. Oh, no. It is Josue. And Gloria raises him, I don't know okay. for how long, not very long in California at all. And then she takes him back to Mexico okay. to have her mother raise him, who is in Tijuana, Mexico. And Josue was there for years. And I believe that this is true. This was nowhere in the police reports. None of that was there. I, this is digging that I had to do. And I can see why the police didn't dig for this. Because for their case, they didn't have to know any of this stuff. What difference did that make to their case? Josue was murdered. No.
0: Yeah. And
1: they they knew who... Who was there, so very simple, clean, and easy to them. Mm -hmm. For me, it's not quite so clean and simple. I've got to dig under every hole and nook and cranny I can to find out what the truth is. Gloria tells Pedro, the mother tells Pedro, my client, that when he was seven years old, Gloria's mother said, this is not my Mm -hmm. son. I am not raising this kid anymore. And he was essentially like almost raising himself on the streets of Tijuana, it was a really scary, really scary, scary mm-hmm. life, and bad. Mm-hmm. And he was getting pretty wild. Of course, he would. Like he was like raised by wolves. Yeah, I mean, you're running the street. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so the grandmother to this boy, if we could call him that, because Gloria, yes, said, would say that was her kid from that point on. And her mother, Gloria's mother, said, "I am not keeping this boy here." you have to come and get him. He's getting too hard. I can't do it. So Gloria goes and gets him and brings him back. The reason that I believe that's consistent is we had no records of him in our public school system until he was seven years old. Okay. And then all of a sudden, here he is. Then we have reports and he didn't speak English. Okay. Very well at all. Okay. At seven years old. English was his second language, which happens sure. a lot, but you see like little kids grow up and they speak Spanish in the home and they're going to school and it's all English. And I'm so jealous of those kids. Yes, me because too. Because they speak perfect uh-huh. English. Yes. Perfect Spanish. Uh-huh. And I'm like, Gosh, dang it. Like that is so cool. Yeah. They don't have an accent in either yeah. language because it's so
0: native to them. Right. That was not Josue, but which tells me that it was true. Right. I was gonna say though. In the school system, when I was teaching down in Ephraim, we had a lot of migrants come through. And a lot of those kids Uh would be fresh over the border and they could be anywhere from high school to first grade. It seemed like the younger kids learned the language quicker. Right. But migrants usually were not. Right. You know, they usually did not have a second language. English, you know, they were learning it as they were going. So, yeah. Exactly. And from what I could see of school reports
1: and reports from DCFS, mm-hmm. our, our child protective system in Utah, that was the case with Josue. Okay. He really didn't speak English well. He didn't have a lot of friends because he didn't speak English. No, so no. And that is consistent with her saying that he lived in Mexico with her mother. Yes. Because he wasn't her kid. Right. She really didn't want no. him here. So that's a factor that will come in, in bigger later. Okay. And- Another thing that I learned from Pedro and his wife was while they were standing doing prep cook stuff, that Gloria would tell these stories about her husband that was from Oaxaca, Mexico, which for people that know much about Mexico, Oaxaca is one of the most dangerous cities of Mexico. And it's known for its violence and gangs and drugs. And although it's not a border town, it's clear up on a mountain. All right. And she said that her husband lived in Oaxaca. She lived there with him. She wanted to divorce him. He didn't want to divorce her. She leaves. And then she hired some guys to kill him. Oh, wow. And they beat the crap out of him. Now, she tells this to Pedro and also tells it to his wife separately. She had a friendship with Pedro's wife Okay. also. She was friends with both of these people. And she tells both of them this story. And she actually, the way she was telling the story to Pedro, both of them understood to them, the story was told to them, like, this is how bad, like, I'm a total badass. Right.
0: Because my husband messed with me, and so I had him killed. Does this concern them at all, that this is who they're working with, that she's quite a violent woman? It did concern them. Okay. They said,
1: you know, we didn't know because – We didn't know anyone in Oaxaca and we didn't know her. So there's no way to know if that story was true. So we didn't know if she was just telling us that to be dramatic or did act all tough. We had no idea, but they had both heard the story. None of this excuses the boy's murder at all,
0: at all. No, 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 no. You're just gathering pieces. Okay.
1: Yes. But as time goes on, Gloria starts telling Pedro while they're working together Hey, I'm getting in trouble. And here I want to give a shout out to all the teachers out there that are paying attention to their kids and watching.
0: It is. Yes. A godsend. So important. It is so, it is so important. Teachers save lives every day, every day because Absolutely. they're paying attention. Amen. Mm-hmm. They, they totally do.
1: They do. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. hmm So there was no DCFS report, no report of him attending school until he's seven. And then all of a sudden, at seven years old, he's in school. He doesn't speak English well. And that's part of the report. And his teacher notices that there is some abuse going on. Okay. What they see is he actually had, his head had been split open. Oh, wow. And the teacher pulls him aside and asks him, like, are you okay? What happened? And what she learns from Josue is that, and they take him to the nurse, and he said that his mother, okay. Gloria, right. had gotten angry with him that morning, and hit him with the curling iron cord, the end of the cord, and hit him on the head, and hit him so hard that it split his head open. So, of course, that happens. The teacher is aware. She calls DCFS. They come in, and they do a report, and so... Eventually, I see this report. I hadn't seen it initially. It was not part of the evidence in the case. Then there's another report later that he comes into school. And again, thank you to our teachers. The teacher notices he has a split lip. And she asks him what happened. And he explains that his mother hit him with a brush because she was angry with him that morning. So we've got two instances where he has been hit to the point that it's drawing blood. And DCFS comes in. Did they take the boy out of the home? Nope. Left him there. I get so frustrated with DCFS. I know they're overwhelmed, but I really get frustrated with
0: them. Also, the law, I just have been dealing with a case like this at my school. Mm -hmm. So the law is DCFS comes in, they check it all out, do whatever their rules are. But remember, the law says they need to put them back to the family to the parents, if at all possible. Right. They try to give them multiple chances. Go through counseling. Go through this. Don't do this. They try to guide that. And I think that's where the frustration builds, mm-hmm. especially when you see things keep reoccurring. Yep. And between the DCFS and the foster program, and I appreciate so much about it, and I'm so glad we have it, but it needs an overhaul. They, We need to do something to... Protect our students and our children. I couldn't agree with you more. Amen. Yes.
1: I am frustrated that I learned that this is happening. And then Pedro and and his wife, Patricia, also tell me that, and of course he's in jail and she's out of jail, Pedro's wife. Oh, okay. Okay. And their stories are totally consistent when I talked to Pedro and then I talked to Patricia. And that was significant to me because they didn't have a lot of time to talk to each other. Almost none. In fact, Patricia was not able to go to the jail to see him because she was here illegally and you have to have ID to get in. So she was no longer able to see her husband, which was very tragic. But in my opinion, rough, very rough for Pedro. And of course, which means he also doesn't ever get to see his three-year-old little girl anymore which was devastating to him. So with them having minimal to no contact, Mm -hmm. their stories were absolutely consistent Mm -hmm. with what Gloria was telling both Pedro and his wife, Patricia. And one day Gloria is standing there cutting next to Pedro and she's telling him like, Hey, I am getting in trouble with DCFS with the state of Utah because they're saying all this, that I'm abusing Josue. And that boy is just trouble. She's just going on and on and on. Now, all this is in Spanish. She doesn't speak English. And she's just going, just raving. We're just absolutely raging against the state of Utah, how awful they are. Uh, And Pedro says. And this poor boy. And this poor boy. And Pedro says to her. Hey, yeah. Gloria, you can't do that in America. Mexico, you can do things like that. No. America doesn't allow that stuff. Like, you need to be careful because you will go to jail for this. And she was cutting vegetables, and she stops cutting and takes the knife and points it at him. And she says, you stay out of my business. I had my husband killed, and I can have you killed. You don't tell me what to do with my son. What?! Yeah. What? Okay. So Crazy lady. Very crazy lady. And Pedro was scared of her. And so was Pedro's I would be too. Yeah, Yeah. I would too. Yeah. And he was even more scared for Josue. And not much time passed after that conversation. And really, we're talking two years. Because Josue comes here, I believe, when he's seven years old. And by the time he's nine years old, he is murdered. Okay. So he's only here like two years, and I learned. Oh man, I saw things in the discovery. Like, the, he lived near Liberty Park, which is a big park in Salt Lake City. It's kind of like Central Park is to New York. Liberty Park is to Salt Lake City. It's a big, gorgeous park. Mm-hmm. And he yeah. lived a lot of history. Yep, and he lived near the park. Okay. There was a bakery that was only like half a block from there. And after school, a lot of times he would go into the bakery because he was starving. Josue told Pedro and Patricia mm-hmm. that he was hungry. He was always hungry. He was starving all the time because his mother, Gloria, didn't like to feed him. She didn't like wasting her right. food on him. Well, and
0: there's so much resentment from that mom. That oh. mom resents every breath that kid takes. Yes. It's horrible. Yes, yes,
1: exactly. I, believe, I truly believe he was not her biological child that she ended up with this boy because of this horrible deal that she did in California. Sadly, mm-hmm. they should have found another anyone, anyone else to take this little boy. Right. And mm-hmm. I don't know why they didn't. Maybe because they were illegal. They were scared to talk. That happens a lot.
0: Yeah. Yeah, who knows? So mm-hmm. the
1: boy would go to this bakery a lot after school, and made friends with this woman that worked at the bakery. And she was so sweet. There was a police statement in there. She would give him muffins and cookies, like whatever she could give him. And Aww. and
0: just Aww.
1: talk to him a little yeah. bit. And, oh man, it just broke my heart. To, and from then on, after right. hearing that, and I go rollerblade a lot at Liberty Park when it's warm enough and nice weather out. Mm-hmm. And from that moment on, Every time I rollerbladed, and to this day, it changes the way I look at the kids at the park because, you know, we all assume, hey, if you're yes. at the park, like life's good. This, you know, it's, warm, yeah, where's your mom? And yeah, uh-huh. it's all good. And here, this boy was being horribly abused in his home and he was starving. Mm-hmm. And, mm hmm. Would I have seen him? Would I know? How would we know? Like we really
0: need to watch for people. And You know, it happens in school also. Mm -hmm. You'll have kids come to school so hungry. Yeah. And it may be an abusive situation. It may be a loss of a job. So it's hard to even, if you're not eating, if you don't have your basic needs met, it's hard to function out inside the world. Exactly. So it's hard. It's hard to look at a student or a child or an adult? yeah and know yep you know what they're living through.
1: So yeah, it's like that saying that we need to be kind to everyone because we never know what battle they are fighting. Uh-huh. As I got to know Pedro and I got to meet some of his family members and I got to meet some of Patricia's family members and they were okay, really solid, kind people. I was really impressed with them. And, and to the point, like, I really yeah. grew to love and care for them. Right. I had them come to my house to have a barbecue right. just to try to make their world, like, hey, baby, I just care about soul. you guys. Like, then we feed you. And, right. and I, I played my Mexican music that I thought was cool, and they thought it was old-fashioned Mexican music. Hey, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> what, what that the heck? Fall. I thought I was really That's cool. funny. Yeah. <laughs> And oh, baby, <laughs> it, was, it was just really fun. I, I love the, them so much. I love the Mexican high. culture, the Latin culture. Anyway, so as we get closer, we're preparing and learning. And I start asking for DCFS reports and I don't get them. I keep requesting, keep, and I, they don't come and it's just really frustrating. Like, where are mm-hmm. these reports? Right. And they keep telling me like they're coming because they weren't part of the of the discovery, which they should have been. There were some reports, but not all of them. Right. As time goes on, it's, it's like a year and a half into this. He's still in jail. They're like working like crazy to pay off Jack's fees. Right. As we go on, and I say Jack's fees, because I think I probably made a couple thousand dollars on this case. I'm not, <laughs> I'm really not like downplaying it. No. That. That's yeah. literally what I made, I think. Yeah. And I don't resent attorneys making a lot of money to do a good job. You will hear how Jack this right. case, and I'll let you right. decide. So as we okay. go on, about a year and a half into it, I finally get the DCFS reports. Reading through it, it's probably, and this was back, this was in 2007 when the murder was committed. So we're looking at the middle of 2008 at this point, and they're still using paper. It's now switched, all of my discovery Sure. Tests digital but back then it was actual paper and and these reports from dcfs of incidents between gloria the mother and josue were probably an inch thick of their reports oh wow okay and i read through every single word of that never in a year and a half since josue came to america never was pedro ever mentioned in that okay ever and Here is the most troubling part of this. There is a report after the murder happens. I actually got copies of notes between DCF, like the caseworker and other, like different employees, caseworkers at DCFS handling this case. And they say, did you see the news? Josue was murdered in ice water. And they said, this is very troubling considering the history. Because what I didn't tell you that I learned in the report is, the mother and sister, Rebecca, would abuse Josue by putting him in a bathtub full of ice water. Oh. Now. Okay. They would leave him in the tub all night long. You're kidding. Now, I am not kidding, and DCFS knew it. It was in their reports. And they never took the boy out oh of the home. Oh, my gosh. I have a huge problem too. with this. Oh. Massive problem. Yes. This. And, they, and they say in the reports, they say in the reports, like, oh, no, did you see that Josue was murdered in ice water? That's very troubling, considering that we have all these reports of the mother abusing him and disciplining him. She called right. it discipline. I right. call it abuse. And DCFS called it abuse. That we have reports of her abusing him by putting him in ice water. And now the boy dies of that. This is very troubling for DCFS. Yes. Yeah, I see. As soon as I get that, yeah. I realized, oh, I can see why you guys were hesitant to give me right. these reports. It looked really bad for them. There's a pattern here. Yep. A pattern. Yep.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And yet they never took him out of the home.
0: Oh. Does it make your heart ache for that little boy? Oh my gosh. Hurt
1: ache. So, so much. Yeah. This kid did not have a chance.
0: No, not from birth. No. Did he have a chance?
1: And I am so upset by this. I am having a hard time getting Jack's attention. And it was so troubling to me. And like I say, every time I go to the park, it was distressing to me. And I think about him being there and now he's gone and. How would I have seen, I, I was I ever at the park at the same time he was here? Right. All those things right. like, right. could I have done something? What did I miss? Because
0: I lived in close proximity right. to this kid. As a human being, you want to be able to say, no, I would recognize this or I would know this. Right. I've been in the education for 29 years right. now. yeah. Things slide, man. You they they learn to cover, yep. especially by the time they hit my age, as middle school, right. They, yeah, yeah. And you just hope that there'll be a crack right. that you can get in. So, yep. oh, yep, heartbreaking, exactly. And I was going through all this,
1: all this heavy emotion. It was really intense for me. And right in the middle of that, we were playing a lot at the time. My band doing my music a lot. And yeah, in the middle of all that, this really like awful heavy stuff. I was also like doing really well with music and I was actually getting ready to open for Kenny Chesney in concert. Okay. And I was so excited about that. And I brought in like backup singers and a horn section and, oh my gosh, it was so fun. And the contrast between those two was so drastic. Yeah. And I (laughs) I was taking a lot of gigs to make sure that we were like really tight and as hot as we could be, right, for right. This for the for opening for the show, and I had just gone from interviews and all this heavy stuff with Pedro to this really posh gig, one of our like prep gigs for the Chesney stuff, and we were playing this posh gig up in Deer Valley, in Park City. And you don't say Deer Valley; I think you say Deer Valley.
0: Oh, Deer Valley. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes. Yep. <laughs> I was playing for some wealthy people up uh-huh. there. I don't even remember who they were, but it was so crazy because the crowd, they like demanded a copy of our set list and I'd send it to them. And half of my stuff is country, half of it's rock and roll pop right. stuff, mm-hmm. blues, mm-hmm. jazz, right. all kinds of stuff. And it was, it was the weirdest thing because the room, half of the room wanted country and half of the room wanted rock and roll <laughs> and pop stuff. Uh-huh. And so, I was trying to keep everyone happy and you could literally almost divide uh-huh. it like those the country people were on the right side the rock people were on the left side mm-hmm. and if I played country they the country people were happy and the rock people were mad uh-huh. and so <laughs> and then and it's like the continental divide and so then I'd play rock <laughs> oh it totally was and then I'd play rock they'd get all excited and the country people sit down and sew and the event planner came up to me to I'm not kidding, I know this sounds so ridiculous. And the, the event planner comes up to me and she, hey, and she shows me the set list and she's like, look at this, we need you to play more rock and roll. And I was like, I promise I'm trying to cover everything. And she's like, well, these people are mad. And I said, have you looked at that side of the room? Right. They're mad when I play rock and roll. Right. The, yeah. They want country. So I'm just trying to mix it up as much as I can. And she was, oh, it was like, she was so intense. And all I, I just remember thinking, are you guys freaking kidding yeah. me? Yeah. Like, there are real problems in the world. Yes. Yeah. I have a client facing murder charges. On a for, death for a nine-year-old. And yeah, this little boy was abused. And you guys are mad because I'm playing a country song or a rock and roll right, song. Right, right. Like,
0: wow.
1: Yeah. What? Yeah.
0: Puts
1: what it in an amazing world you live in because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. yeah i was like man my <laughs> world is a little bit harder than this like this is the fun part of my world <laughs> that's right so, here's what as, as we get into it and, and pedro i get to know pedro better and and pedro's story was always consistent which also helps me see that it's true and okay pedro explained that as he got to know gloria better and he got to know her kids, and he knew Rebecca, and and Rebecca actually started working at the restaurant also, so Gloria and Rebecca both worked there, and Pedro was their supervisor. He was over them, and Gloria got pregnant with another illegal Mexican guy.
0: Seriously? Yes, seriously. Seriously? Yeah. Wow.
1: Yeah. Okay. She was excited about it at first, but then the guy left and went back to Mexico. So then it became really stressful for her. And Pedro became very concerned about Josue under the stress that she was under. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Uh So Pedro talked to Patricia, his wife and asked, Hey, do you mind if we actually bring Josue into our home and give him a safe place for a few weeks? And, give her a break. Cause yeah, at this time, Gloria was actually getting so big that she had stopped working. Only Rebecca was working and they did have another little girl that was younger than Josue. Okay. And so, and Patricia said, you know, I don't want to raise another kid. We have our three-year-old little girl. I don't want to be mm-hmm. in charge, but I will, I'll do this. If you will keep him at work with you, okay. so you have him with you all day, then I will allow him to come and live with us. You bring him home with you from work, and he stays with us at night, and that's how I'll do it. If you take the daytime stuff, okay. and then at night we'll share it. And Pedro agreed to that. Okay. What I know is this was like, oh, right before, right before the murder happened. Pedro has, and his wife, okay take Josue into their home and keep him for a month. Oh, wow. And while they had him, they bought him new clothes because sure. you can imagine that money was tight for Gloria and Rebecca and the their mm-hmm. child that, and Gloria's other daughter. And so they didn't want to spend money on Josue for anything.
0: No, he was like the ugly stepchild. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah. The unwanted child. Yeah.
1: And, Pedro and Gloria both explained to me, like I say separately, that whenever they'd go to Gloria's home, that Gloria would make Josue stand on a chair and cook them like hamburger, like tacos, like to grill the meat and stuff himself, this little nine-year-old boy. Mm -hmm. And then she would make him clean. And after he made food, she wouldn't allow him to eat with them. He, d- he wasn't allowed to eat tacos. He wasn't allowed to eat that stuff. Holy and he God. wasn't allowed to use the shampoo that they bought. He had to use dish soap on his hair. They didn't want to waste their precious shampoo on Josue's hair. So when Pedro and Patricia had Josue, they bought him clothes. They bought him shampoo. They, like, this is yours, they bought him socks, right? Shampoo, like right. and deodorant. Pedro was like teaching him about brushing his teeth because right, right. Gloria had not taught him yeah. any of that stuff, so he was teaching him hygiene. You know, no. we brush yeah. our teeth. This is what we do.
0: Yeah, totally. And your normal things that a parent does, right? Yeah.
1: When Gloria had come back, and previously when they had given him clothes, they bought mm-hmm. some little kids like colored socks, and they noticed that. Those socks disappeared. All he had was white socks. And that didn't make sense to them because they had, like, Hmm. blue socks or, like, red socks, like, different colored socks for him. And they never saw him again. And so after they'd had him for a month and they bought him more clothes, when Gloria came with Rebecca to pick Josue up from from their house, from Pedro's home, that afternoon, Mm -hmm. Patricia had been shopping (laughs) at Victoria's Secret just to buy some fun lingerie for her and yeah. and yeah and she was really excited to hey like Gloria come and look at this although Gloria was very pregnant at this point and her hu- boyfriend not husband they were not married the father of that baby had fled and he, she didn't know where he was and right I think I have some clues of why he fled but <laughs> that's that's just that's my right trust. right so scary yeah, yeah. so Patricia takes Gloria into their bedroom to show her like, Hey, look at these beautiful bra, these beautiful lingerie that I bought at Victoria's secret. And she's showing her that and everything was fine. Then Patricia asks Gloria, she tells her first, Hey, so, you know, we bought Josue some new clothes and there was a little bit, she could see a little bit of something in Gloria's eye. This didn't make her happy. And then she said, Mm -hmm. Oh, and remember before when he, we bought him those socks. He never wears those socks. How how come he told us that you don't let him wear them because you think that for a boy to wear socks that are a color makes him look like a clown. And Gloria got really, really angry immediately like we have to go. And I'm taking Josue home now. And she took
0: Josue, oh. grabbed him by the arm, and she and Rebecca Something leave the house. S- Really defensive. Okay. Very, hit a nerve. Okay. Hit a nerve.
1: And this was the night before the murder. Oh, no. Every morning, Pedro would go pick up Rebecca at their home, at Gloria's home, and t- give her a ride to work. It wasn't very mm-hmm. far from Pedro's place. Plus, I think he I think he was a really nice guy. So he picks her up, and he picks up Josue. Yeah. Even though Gloria's taking him back. Right. He's going to take him to work with him. And what I know is... And, and I know this because I have copies of all the notebooks. All those hours. you Can you imagine having a okay. nine-year-old stuck at your work with you and you've got to keep him busy? Right. For weeks, Pedro would have him with him and he would have him practice writing, penmanship. So I have copies in the discovery there, pages and pages and pages of writing that Sway did that he would practice writing. Just different sentences. like Right. Just, And and Pedro say, Okay, write this. Okay, Mm -hmm. now write this. And Mm -hmm. and to Pedro, he was trying to help him be better. Right. And it was right to help him stay busy so that Pedro wouldn't get in trouble for having this young boy in his office at the restaurant. Sure. So that morning when he goes to pick up Rebecca and Josue, he says that Josue came out of the house with his head down and he never lifted his head up. And they got in the car, Rebecca got in the passenger seat, Pedro's driving. Josue gets in the back seat and Pedro looks in the rearview mirror and he says, Josue. In Spanish, he says to him, Josue, are you okay? And Josue just shook his head, wouldn't even say an audible sound, just shook his head and looked down. Oh, no. And he said, Did something happen? And Josue would not answer. He never spoke. And Rebecca is going on and on saying, He got in trouble. We are disciplining him. My mother has told me that. I need to discipline him at the restaurant. So there's a lot more to this case, but so much that I need to cut this one in two. So I'm going to stop it right here, but you've got to listen to the last half to hear. How did this happen? What did they do? And what happened to everyone? How did this all work out? You got to listen to part two of Murder on Ice. Thank you for listening to Pamela Private Eye.